from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 30, text number 49, Activities of the Prachetas. Chakshushe Tvantare Prapte Chakshushe Tvantare Prapte Praksarge Kalavitrute Praksarge Kalavitrute Yasa Sarja Praja Ishta Yasa Sarja Praja Ishta Sadakshotai Pachoditaha Sadakshotai Pachoditaha Chakshushetvantarevrapte <laughs> Personality of Godhead. Chodita. Inspired. Translation by Sri Prabhupada. His previous body had been destroyed, but he, the same Daksha, inspired by the Supreme Will, created all the desired living entities in the Chakshusha Manvantara. Report. Stated in Bhagavad Gita 8.17. Sahasa Yuga Pariyantam Maharya Brahmano Vido Ratrim Yuga Sahasrantam Teho Ratavido Janaha By human calculation, a thousand ages taken together is the duration of Brahma's one day, and such also is the duration of his night. Brahma's day, one day, consists of one thousand cycles of the four yugas, Satyajita, Dhapra, and Kali. In that one day, there are 14 manvantaras, and out of these manvantaras, this chakshusha manvantara is the sixth. The various manas existing in one day of Lord Brahma are as follows. One, Swayambhuva. Two, Sarochisa. 
Three Uttama, four Tamasa, five Raivata, six Chakshisha, seven Vaivasvata, eight Savarni, nine Daksha Savarni, ten Brahma Savarni, eleven Dharma Savarni, twelve Ruja Savarni, thirteen Deva Savarni, and fourteen Indra Savarni. Thus, there are fourteen Manus in one day of Brahma. In a year, there are five thousand and forty Manus. Brahma has to live for 100 years. Consequently, the total of Manus appearing and disappearing during the life of one Brahma is 504,000. This is a calculation for one universe, and there are innumerable universes. All these Manus come and go simply by the breathing process of Mahavishnu, stated in Brahma Samhita. Yasya ikanisha sita kalamata vanambya jivantiloma vilaja jagarandanata Vishnu mahansa ihayasa kalavishesho govinamari purushantamaham pajami. The word jagarandanata means Lord Brahma. There are innumerable Jagarandanata Brahmas, and thus we can calculate the many Manus. The present age is under the control of Vaivasuttamanu. Each Manu lives 4,320,000 years multiplied by 71. The present Manu has already lived for 4,320,000 years multiplied by 28. All these long lifespans are ultimately ended by the laws of material nature. The controversy of the Dakshayaga took place in Sayambhuva Manmantara period. As a result, Daksha was punished by Lord Shiva, but by virtue of his prayers to Lord Shiva, he became eligible to regain his former opulence. According to Vishnu Chakravati Thakur, Daksha underwent severe penances up to the fifth Manvantara. Thus, at the beginning of the sixth Manvantara, known as the Chakshusha Manvantara, Daksha regained his former opulence by the blessings of Lord Shiva. Mukam karoti vachanam mangalam hetege himyaki pantamam bande sigaru tinatarinam omagyana timirandasya gyananja shalakaya chakshu imiditam yena tasmai shikurabhenama. So we are reading from Srimad Bhagavatam and we're hearing one of the ten topics, manvantaras in this purport. And uh, so at this point in Bhagavatam, we are still in the Swayambhuva Manmantara. We're still there. And Daksha had his third birth now in the Swayambhuva Manmantara, but he lived until the Chakshusha Manmantara. He did penances for four Manmantaras or five, let's see, two, three, four, five, oh, five manmantaras. He did penances, so Daksha had a pretty long life. And for all we know, he might still be living up there. We don't hear about his, his, his uh, third death. He died twice. The first time he was killed in the, by 
if you're a, if you're a, if you're a Baho or if you're a Bhantra, in the sacrifice of Lord Shiva, and he got the head of a goat. So then he didn't, of course, he didn't want to keep such a body. So he left that body. We don't know how. And now he is again giving, getting the body of Daksha. But it's a great down because before he was born of Brahma, uh, a Brahmana, and now he's being born of a Kshatriya. But even though he has a lower birth, still he has the same opulence as he had before. So Daksha, unfortunately, has a fault-finding mentality. And in, he'll come back in Sixth Canto, we'll hear about his um, creation of all the living entities is talked about here in the sixth canto. We'll hear that. Um, at the end of his austerities, he will offer prayers to the Lord. Lord Vishnu, Vishnu will appear, give him benedictions, and he will again create the living entities as he did before. But unfortunately, he will have the same fault finding mentality because. His first 10,000 sons are taken away by Narada Muni and made into sannyasis. So foiled, he couldn't get them to have children, which is his service to Krishna is to fill the universe with children. His first 10,000 sons became sannyasis. Second thousand sons also became sannyasis. So again he was foiled, and this time he cursed Narada Muni. So his fault-finding mentality did not end, unfortunately. He still was um, cursing the devotees. As he cursed Lord Shiva, he cursed Narada Muni. And Narada Muni accepted the curse. So we should be very careful of having a fault-finding mentality. This, uh, this fault-finding mentality breaks the creeper of devotional service. So we have to be very careful about that. So devotional service, one of the characteristics is susukam kartum avyayama. It's joyful. It's goodness. A symptom of goodness is when you're joyful. So his wife um, was telling Daksha, uh, not his wife, his daughter. His daughter was telling Daksha, that only you find fault in the qualities of others. But Lord Shiva not, not only finds no faults with others' qualities, but if someone has a little good quality, he magnifies it greatly. And so Prabhupada says there are gradations even among the good souls. And the best soul is one who accepts an insignificant asset of a person and magnifies that good quality. And so. Shri Prabhupada told Sudama, one of the sannyasis, that if you think you have become spiritually advanced and you start acting in a role, you will become mad. So we should be careful not only not to have a fault-finding mentality, but not to put ourselves on a higher level than we are. So Sudama said, they criticize me because I don't chant enough Sanskrit, I don't quote slokas. Prabhupada said, they, they sound like my god-brothers. Sudama, you speak from your heart. That's all that counts. Krishna doesn't care if you can't quote slokas. You're a good preacher. You bring many people because of your heart. 
You cook samosas, you chant beautifully, you have love for Krishna. What else is needed? Don't make things so complicated. It's very simple. So Prabhupada, he would take the good out of a person and he would magnify it. So Prabhupada always saw the good. If we meditate on the negative, then one, then one day you'll find yourself doing exactly the same thing that you criticize the person for. Burijan Prabhu tells a story that one time uh, he was taking prasadam with one devotee and the devotee was leaning on his hand and putting his leg up and Burijan was thinking, oh, that's really bad, that's really terrible, how can he do that? So after meditating two weeks on that devotee, then Burijan started doing that also. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so we have to be careful uh, of a criti critical mentality. There are many faults in our movement, but the way to change it is to be an example of what you want to see. Just by your life, you can inspire people. People will see you and they'll say, yes, this process works. Let me also try it. So what to do if you see someone not doing bhakti properly? Um, you should take a mirror, look at yourself and ask the question, am I seeing this fault because this fault is somewhere in me? So that is the challenge of our life. Patience and forgiveness are qualities appreciated in all religious traditions. In uh, one book of uh, Christian monk Thomas Akempis, he writes, try to bear patiently with the defects and infirmities of others, whatever they may be, because you also have many a fault which others must endure. If you cannot make yourself what you wish to be, how can you bend others to your will? We want them to be perfect, yet we do not correct our own faults. We wish them to be severely corrected, yet we will not correct ourselves. Their great liberty displeases us, but we would not be denied what we ask. We would have them bound by laws, but we will not allow ourselves to be restrained in nothing. So, we want mercy for me and justice for others, as Mahatma Prabhu would say. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur offers similar comments in Shaiva Dharma, he speaks about the behavior of a Madhyama Adhikari, person who has a middle-class qualification. Uh, he should neglect the envious persons, the dvesha. Five types of envy, and the fifth is daya shunyata, which means he has no mercy, absence of mercy for anyone. So mercy, tolerance, and forgiveness are very important qualities for those interested in developing bhakti. In his commentary to Rupa Goswami's Upadishamrita, Bhaktivinoda writes, Kamakara kartavya dayo atyavasak. The duty of a devotee is to practice forgiveness. So this is an essential quality. Bhishma says how to counteract anger is by forgiveness. Chaitanya Chaitamrita says, Bhakta Sabhav Agya Dosha Kama Kore. The nature of a devotee is he excuses any offense by an ignorant rascal. Dine Daya Kore Yesadu Sabhavoi. 
A characteristic of all saintly persons is to be kind toward the poor and fallen. And the sage Yavadagni also says to his son, Parjram, Shamaya rochate lakshmir brahmi shari yata prava Kshaminam ashubhagavang stushate harini shara The duty of a Brahman is to culture the quality of forgiveness, which is illuminating like the sun. Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari is pleased with those who are forgiving. Lord Vishnu is Krishna's manifestation as the Supreme Controller and Judge. The word Vaishnava refers to a devotee of Vishnu. A Vaishnava is one who therefore works for is a representative of Vishnu. So we're all representatives of Vishnu. So a Vaishnava, he serves under the supervision of senior devotees of the Lord. Now one category of senior devotees is the demigods. The demigods are also senior devotees in this world, in this universe. As the Lord's representatives, they are qualified to judge the good and bad qualities of the conditioned souls in this world. So in that sense, we could say that being a devotee means to work in the Lord's courtroom. We have two choices as to which court we want to work in. The first court is that of the empowered demigod and Mahajan, Sri Yamaraj. The second court is the court of Lord Nityananda. Working in Yamaraj's court means assisting his chief lieutenant, Chittagupta, whose job it is to note down all the mistakes and sinful acts of conditioned souls. So what does it mean to be an assistant to Chittagupta? Narada Purana describes, Papinam papagananam yakarotinaratama astitetula a fault finder is Naradama, lowest of mankind. If the sins are true, then a person who is counting them will incur double the sin. Oh, sorry, we share equally share the sin with the sinner. But if the accusation is false, then they will get double the sin ascribed to the other person. The phrase papagananam is significant. It means one who counts the sins of others. Such a person is a servant of the sky, Chichagupta. So there was a brahmana and a prostitute who lived across the street from one another. And the brahmana was counting how many men were coming to the prostitute. And the prostitute, and he was thinking, oh, how sinful she is. She is really, she's going to go to hell. And the prostitute was counting how many people were coming to the Brahmana to get benedictions. So guess who went to hell at the time of death? It was the Brahmana. And the prostitute was elevated because she was meditating on the, on the pious activities of the Brahmana. So we want to work in the court of Nityananda. He's described by a poet named Krishadas. Adosha Darishimora Prabhu Nityananda Nabajino Hano Prabhu Karananda That Nityananda is Adosha Darshi. He never sees the faults of others. So the poet says, Nitai is Mora Prabhu, my Lord. Why is he my Lord? 
because I have so many faults. I have no hope but approaching someone who is a doshadarshi, who doesn't see any faults in others. So we are, we are hope, we are basket cases, we are mercy cases, we need the mercy of Nityananda. Fortunately, we have Nityananda with us here, and Lord Chaitanya, the most merciful incarnation. And so we can take advantage of that and pray to Nityananda. So what does it mean to worship Nityananda? As one worships the sun with the fire of a giwen, or worships Mother Ganga with water from her river, so we worship the all-forgiving Lord Nityananda by ourselves becoming, being forgiving. If we're busy finding faults in others, then we're not worshiping Nityananda, but we're working for Chitragupta. So to work in the court of Nityananda means we have to give up fault-finding and propensity for bearing grudges. Therefore, in his purport to Chetan Shirtamrita Adi, 862, his divine grace says, he describes our eligibility. It is a qualification of a Vaishnava. He is a dosha darshi. He never sees others' faults. So one time a devotee asked Shri Prabhupada, if we commit an offense, will you forgive us? And Prabhupada, usually he would forgive three times. And after that, and then he, but he said to that devotee, if I don't forgive, you can go to Radharani. And she will forgive you. <laughs> so, in all our lives, we have a choice, a, a decision, a choice to make. Which court do we want to work for? Do we want to help Chitragupta by being a Papa Gananam, a counter of everyone's faults in the court of Yamaraj? Or, do you want to give up finding other shortcomings and work in the court of Lord Nityananda? It is our choice. So one thing that we should know to consider in our decision is whichever court we decide to work for, we will be judged in that court. So this should help us to make our decision. So we'll stop here. Any questions or comments? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mataji, for the lecture. And I have a question. Sometimes we end up, um, for example, in Japa, we end up too much um, paying attention to other people's chanting <laughs> rather than our own chanting. So, what can we do? To Sometimes we pay too much attention to other people's chanting rather than our chanting. You mean you, you see how they're not doing properly? <laughs> Okay, so what shall we do in that case? Uh, yeah, here you should search your own heart and see. Do I sometimes make that mistake myself? And that's why I'm, I am very, I'm hearing it very nicely. And the thing is that actually, we, in order to make progress in chant, that's one thing. And then another way of looking at it is, in order to make progress in chanting, we have to hear our own chanting. And by hearing our own chanting, then we can come to the level of, of bhava. By hearing our own chanting, then first we, we can realize the form of Krishna. The form comes in our mind. And after that, after seeing the form of Krishna, then our ch uh, by hearing our chanting, then and by chanting like a child crying for its mother, then we can also come to a higher level and that is to 
remember the qualities of the Lord. And so um, what we're meant to be doing in chanting is to hear Krishna answering our chanting. We are calling out to him, and he's calling out to us. He's, um, and if we're not paying attention, then we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. So Prabhupada, in a lecture one time, he said that we should call out to Krishna, please accept me, please accept me. And in another lecture he said that when we chant very nicely, Hare Krishna, Krishna is coming, and Krishna is saying, please accept me, please accept me. So if we're, if we're paying attention, then we'll hear Krishna, we'll feel his presence. And so you should, before you chant, you should make a decision, okay, today I want to please Krishna with my chanting. Today I want to hear my chanting. And if you can't do it, you can always pray also to to the spiritual master, to Srila Prabhupada, to please allow me to hear the holy name nicely. You can pray for help. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. What is the nature of fault-finding mentality? Where it comes from? Why we are searching for faults? What is the nature of fault-finding mentality? Where does it come from? Yeah, well, uh, it is coming from the modes of material nature. As soon as we contact the modes, then we get contaminated by these modes. And so envy, fault-finding comes from envious mentality. And this is coming from the mode of passion and ignorance. When we contact passion and ignorance, it's like getting a disease. And then we can make the disease even stronger by associating with people who are envious and who are fault-finding. So association is very important. There are many groups who simply engage in fault-finding of ISKCON, and ISKCON devotees, there are websites, so I'm told, that are for each of the GBC, and <laughs> there's an anti-website <laughs> that just blasphemes and makes fine faults with them. Uh, so don't associate with these people. Uh, just, it, uh, by this association, you become contaminated. Not only if you, you um, say bad things about a person or a devotee, are you implicated, but if you hear somebody else say bad things about a devotee, you also become implicated and you lose your taste for chanting. So it's um, very important. That's why when, um, when somebody starts blaspheming or criticizing, then the brahmanas cover their ears and leave that place if they cannot defeat the person. Um, and generally, such people cannot be defeated because they are, they, they're not logical, they're not reasonable in their accusations. 
And there, it's not true. Mostly what they say is, is based on, on falsity. And so we don't want to associate with such people. But yeah, you can find this on the internet, so be careful. Be careful not to hear this um, criticism. Yes? Is it just as bad or a little less, less effective to think of somebody's fault or mm -hmm. somebody's fault than express it out? So the question is, it is just as bad to think about somebody's fault than to express it. Um, it's not as bad if you just think, because we have a special concession, as we learned in our seminar, uh, that in, in the age of Kali, if you think something bad, you will not get the reaction, as if you will say it or do it. You will not get the reaction. If you think something good, you will get the reaction. You will get the good credits. So it's not as bad, but if you, if, you, if you think too much, then it can come from the subtle to the gross. So that's what you have to be careful. You have to control your mind and pray for help to protect yourself from these evil thoughts, from the bad thoughts. How can we check ourselves from fault-finding going on in the mind? So... When you see a fault in somebody, think the opposite. Oh, this person chants nicely. Mostly he chants nicely. Sometimes he doesn't. But I'm not hearing the good times. I'm not seeing the good side. But there is a good side. You think of the opposite. This is, this is recommended by Patanjali. When bad thoughts come in your mind, then you should think the opposite. That's how they, the yogis practice. Yogis practice thinking the opposite. Mm -hmm. Part of a conversation between uh, person and I couldn't hear you. What? Okay. Uh, a conversation between a Muslim person, devout Muslim, and an atheist. So the Muslim said that uh, uh, blaspheming can be punishable by death in some of the countries. Oh. Or, or very severe punishment. So this other person who in Western said that, uh, but there should be freedom of speech, isn't it? <laughs> Everybody's freedom. It's just expressing an opinion. So what would be your freedom of speech? Yeah, in 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 this material world, there is freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean you have to be there to hear the freedom of speech. You have a choice. You have a choice. Yeah, there is freedom of speech, and um, but actually, even in our movement, there's there are restrict there are in the scriptures. It's heavy like that. It depends if you are a kshatriya and you hear somebody blaspheme, you're supposed to cut out the tongue of the person. But that's not for kali yuga. <laughs> if you're a brahmana, you should go away from that place. If you are a shudra and you hear a blasphemy, you should give up your life. So these are some things we don't follow now in Kali Yuga, because the age is so contaminated. The only thing, we, only one rule is always remember Krishna and never forget Krishna. And that is chant Hare. And by remembering, we mean we have to chant Hare Krishna. So this age, whatever happens, uh, we, we just chant Hare Krishna. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Muslims, they're still having the old rules. And, and, uh, but it's not for Kali Yuga. Because Kali Yuga is so polluted that you, you, cannot, you cannot follow these rules. Should we react if somebody, we hear somebody? Should we react? Yeah. Well, if you can defeat them, then that's good. But if you cannot, the Madhya Madhikari, he doesn't argue with such persons, the preacher. He neglects, so he does not answer, he does, just walks away. That's, the, that's how a preacher reacts. Because you waste time and they will make offense, and you will hear the offense and you will also go down. And so better you don't spend, waste time with people who simply want to bless him and will not hear. You preach to the innocent. You preach to the innocent people who are ready to hear about spiritual life. You have some comment? No, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the preacher, he, he neglects such people as will make offense. An expert preacher, he can, I know one book distributor in Slovakia, you know, he'll meet, you know, if some, somebody wants to preach to him, you know, you're going to hell, you don't accept Christ. And he says to them, oh, you are a Christian? And he said, yes. He says, so, um, well, if you're a Christian, then you should, you should be uh, merciful and I, I need some food. Can you give me some food? <laughs> like, and then he gets them to donate food. <laughs> yeah. And then other, I just was reading uh, Vaisheshika, what he says to Christians. He said, oh, I'm so happy to meet you. You're a Christian. Atheism is on the rise these days. We have, you know, we have to do something about this atheism. And then he says, and here's a book I'm sure you would appreciate. <laughs> It will make you a better Christian. <laughs> so, yeah, you have to be really expert to deal with it. But if you're not, then better just avoid. Some people are expert. They can. They can change the heart of, of the most degraded people or the most stubborn people. Some preachers can do that. Yes. What the curse Narada got? Narada money got? But uh, uh, Daksha cursed Narada that you will not be able to stay in one place for three more than three days. Oh. Yeah. So he's always traveling, and Shri Prabhupada said, "I got that curse from the parents of my disciples also, and they cursed me. Although I have so many nice places, I cannot stay in one place." So then he said, I, I hope my sannyasi disciples will take that curse from me and they will travel and preach. So that's happening there, traveling and preaching now. Yes? What if, <clears throat> why is it said that the devotees can be more merciful than the Lord? Why is it the devotees are more merciful than the Lord? Yeah, that's... Um, in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, "Don't preach to the, don't preach to someone who is not engaged in devotional service or who is not pious." And Prabhupada says, "Well, we open our doors to everyone. 
Anyone can come to our classes. It's not a closed door. So devotees more merciful. So why, uh, why is it, and Krishna says, don't preach to the ignorant. But devotee preaches to the ignorant. So why, why is that? In another purport of Bhagavad Gita, Srila Prabhupada says, because the devotee knows the purpose of the Lord, therefore he even tries to preach to the ignorant people. And, uh, yeah, there's a story about Durvasa Muni. He, he offended a Vaishnava devotee. He was a great yogi. He offended a devotee. And he even, he, had, he was so powerful, he could go to the spiritual world and ask Vishnu, and Vishnu sent his chakra, his, his disc, to kill him because he offended a devotee. So he went for shelter to the Lord in, in Vaikuntha, and the Lord said, I'm sorry, I don't have any power to counteract this. You have to go to my devotee and take shelter of him. And he went to, so he went down, he sent a demon to kill that devotee, but the devotee didn't care, and uh, he forgave him. And then the devotee prayed to the disc and saying, please, if I have any good, good things I did in my life, give it to this brahmana and protect him and don't kill him. So the devotee is more merciful. And uh, Prabhupada has also said that um, the devotee can take you back to Godhead, and sometimes even Krishna can't do that. He won't be that merciful. Uh, like one time in 1967, you know, there's, you have to go back to Godhead, you have to do devotional service, you have to do, you have to chant, you have to do so many things to be eligible to go back to Godhead. So 1967, the first Rathiatra in America was on a flatbed truck, and but they decorated it and they were distributing prasadam. And after the Rathiatra, everybody was sitting there, and a lot of the people who helped with the Rathiatra, they were hippies, and they weren't even they were on drugs even. They weren't following anything. And Prabhupada, he made the statement: anyone who helped with this Rathiatra will go back to Godhead in this life. And the bodies were looking around at all these drugged out people, thinking, oh my God. <laughs> so he's more merciful. For, us, for Krishna, there's rules. But the devotee can, can make Krishna break the rules and accept us, and that's our, our hope, that Prabhupada will take us back by, if we just do a little service for him and try to follow, try our best. We do our try our best. It's not like, okay, I'm fallen, take me. No, we have, we have to follow the instructions of Srila Prabhupada. That's his mercy. His mercy is his instructions. How we can get out of this material uh, entanglement, out of this material world, out of the prison. He's giving us instructions how to get out. So if we follow them sincerely, then we can hope to go back to Godhead at the end of this life. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Mataji. Uh, um, you explained about how all final mentality and how to feel it from the perspective of Madhima, Matikari devotee, mm. and also the related on how Uttamatikari, how it how Which Uttamatikari? Yeah, because... He doesn't have all fighting mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but how he sees these things, because 
he sees that everyone is serving the Lord. So right. how he sees the, the person who is blaspheming and who is really against How him. does the Uttama Adhikari see the blasphemer? Hmm, I'm not a Ruta Maraikari, so I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, we, can, we can, if you study Chaitanya Charitamrita and Chaitanya Bhagavat, we can see um, the mentality of Nityananda when he was thinking of, when he saw Jagayan Matai. He was thinking, oh, if we can deliver them, then Lord Chaitanya will be famous. Of course, they weren't blasphemers, actually. They didn't blaspheme devotees. That was the one good thing about them. They didn't do Vaishnava Parad. That's what it says in Chaitanya Bhagavat. Um, but of course, when they hit Nityananda, that was. But Nityananda forgave them. But he saw, oh, here is a chance to, to liberate these two sinners. They see them as, as mercy cases. Let us go and, and liberate them. They, they feel compassion for them. Any other questions? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mataji. Well, you, you answered very well half of my question, but okay. <laughs> there's maybe a more difficult aspect. That why is it? Why is it like? Why is not Krishna more merciful? <laughs> is, it, is it like? Is it just yeah. part of his personality? Is or is, or is he shy with that devotion? Why is Krishna not more merciful? <laughs> because he leaves that to Radharani. He is merciful through Radharani. That the Radharani's mercy incarnation, spiritual master is mercy incarnation. So there's a way, he's merciful. But he wants his devotee to get the credit for being more merciful than him. He is, he is, it's his mercy that's coming through the devotee. And he wants the devotee to be famous as more merciful than him. And that's why, of course, he is merciful here in this incarnation as Lord Chaitanya. He's most merciful. So Krishna himself, he shows that aspect when he comes as Lord Chaitanya. He's most merciful, and, and he breaks all the rules, too, that Krishna made. <laughs> he breaks all the rules. Uh, but generally, the way to get the mercy is to go through the devotee, and the, the best devotee is Radharani, and the spiritual master is the mercy incarnation. And here we have Nityananda. He's also mercy incarnation. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he does come as Lord Chaitanya, so there he is merciful. In his own, he's himself, he himself is. The most merciful incarnation. Because he's combined, Radha and Krishna combined. And that's why when Radha comes with Krishna, then mercy. Mercy is there. Yes? You had a question? Or you forgot it? <laughs> I wanted to ask, where you were the first... Uh, no, I was not there. I was not devotee until 1970. I joined in 1970. That was 67. I don't remember where my first Rathiyatra was. Was it Calcutta? Calcutta was my first Rathiyatra, 72. Prabhupada wasn't there, no. 72 Rathiyatra, Calcutta.
That was the first Ratyatra in Calcutta. <laughs> yeah. They do it on the same day as Jagannath Puri. Yeah. Same. Mm-hmm. Ratiyacha, maybe, I don't know if I can answer. Uh, it says Ratiyacha's uh, before Shri Prabhupada in India, in other parts, like, because uh, he took it in the past, but did in India, they did Ratiyacha outside of Jagannath Puri. Um, was it in India outside Jagannath Puri? I know they have they have Ratiyachas in Nepal, but I don't know, I don't know the date they started it. Because Nepal has a lot of temp lot of Vishnu temples. Jagannath, oh, there's a Jagannath temple, a very old Jagannath temple in, in Nepal. I think five hundred years old. So I yeah, but I don't know if if they had before Prabhupada brought it. I don't know. Good question. You can ask the Nepali devotees. If you meet a Nepali devotee, ask them about Bhaktapur. There's a place. There's a place in Kathmandu. It's called Bhaktapur. <laughs> so after, and they used to have. They still, I think, have kirtans every weekend or something in that temple. They have kirtan places for kirtan. It used to be a Hindu state. It used to be a Hindu state. Mm-hmm. Don't mind asking your. Your, your own memories of Prabhupada meeting with him? <laughs> uh, well, I think we should have a separate class for that. <laughs> because that would take time. That would take time. I don't know I, if it's too late for tonight or for tomorrow morning or for tomorrow night, then I could do it. But it's up. Yeah, if you want. I could do. But I mean, you don't have much time to um, advertise. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's up to you. Maybe we should plan it for next year and have it part of the program, and then it's advertised. And otherwise, I can do it this year, but then maybe people won't get advantage of it. Yeah. I mean, if you just say today for tomorrow night, then how many? Yeah, it may be a little short. Yeah. But it's, uh, I mean, if you want to, then of course. I think we should do it next year. Okay, next year. Even maybe for Sunday feast, I don't know yeah. if that's okay for Sunday feast. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, Jai, how goes Shri Prabhupada having Krishna? Yes, her face now.